how many women are going to get elected when you don't have any candidates. The main focus has to be to generate more women candidates to begin with. Welcome to Vox Dev Talks. My name is Tim Phillips. Women may be half the population in India, but you wouldn't guess that from looking at state parliaments, in which women are almost unrepresented. So when successful female candidates win elections, does this break down prejudices and inspire others to follow, or just convince men to close ranks before the next election? This is a question that Lakshmi Iyer of Notre Dame, who is my guest today, has been studying. Lakshmi, welcome to Foxdev Talks. Hello, Tim. Good to be here. We already know that when more women are elected, it changes the broader development outcomes that we get. In India, what sort of problems get attention when women are elected to office that would otherwise maybe not get the attention they deserve? I think the issues that get highlighted are the things that women care a lot about, but that men care much less about. This has been well established in academic research. I'll just quote you two examples. Esther Duflo and Raghbinder Chattopadhyay have this very well-cited paper where they surveyed the preferences of men versus women. And women obviously said improving drinking water facilities is of first order importance in the villages they talk to because they are in charge of collecting drinking water for the family. And when women got elected to local councils, that was what they spent their most attention on compared to the places where men got elected. In a similar vein, I have a paper which looked at crimes against women, which are a very serious problem in India. And one of the most serious issues about such crimes is that they are very rarely reported at all to the police. Hmm. And one of the things we found, again, is that when you have more women in local councils, you get a lot more reported crimes against women. In fact, we found something like an increase of 25% in the reported crimes against women, which was initially startling to us. But then we realized that reporting these crimes and getting them recorded by the police force, which is 95% or more male, is the first step in achieving justice. So I think these were things which were lacking attention before, which are issues specific to women. But as you said, they also have broader development outcomes, have been affected by the presence of women. And there have been studies from not just India, but also Brazil showing that infant mortality rates improve, education improves when women are elected. So in this research, you asked whether after women make the initial breakthrough, more women then follow them and they become successful in elections as well. In theory, how does that mechanism, that process work? So one of the first things we established in our paper is that the severe lack of women in elected office is not because lots of women stand in elections and do not get votes. There are no women candidates to begin with. Okay, so just as an example, in the 2014 Lok Sabha elections, the national parliament elections in India, we got about 12% of the parliament being composed of women, but only 7% of the candidates were women. So in fact, women, when they enter elections, do a little bit better than men in getting elected. But you can imagine 7% women candidates, how many women are going to get elected when you don't have any candidates. <laughs> That's what yeah. we said in our paper, that the main focus has to be to generate more women candidates to begin with. And we thought of several different reasons why a woman winning an election could improve the number of women candidates in the next term. One could be as a role model if there were lots of women thinking about entering elections and they never thought they could win. 
And when they saw a woman winning an election, they get encouraged and that induces them to stand up next time. A different channel could be that voters, once a woman is elected, become more comfortable with the idea of women in office. So perhaps they were more apprehensive because they very rarely had a woman representative before and they were very reluctant to try out this new innovation. But once they elected a woman and they found that it was not as terrible as they thought, or in fact, it may have been much better than a male representative, they would be much more willing to vote for a woman next time. Mm -hmm. And the third thing could be that party leaders, again, may have had very little confidence in women candidates. So uh, parties in India are very important. It is very rare for independent candidates to get elected. You need to be a member of a party and have the party nomination. So party leaders are another potential roadblock for women's candidacy. And again, seeing a woman win an election could convince party (laughs) bosses, oh, they can do it. And so you can have several different ways in which a demonstrated success by women can lead to greater women's candidacy in the next election. And that's what we set out to find, whether that happens or not. So I see you analyse data at the state level. How important are state legislators? What do they get to decide on? In India, states are pretty important. India is a federal country. So in fact, I think the first line of the constitution says India is a federation of states. So there are a bunch of policy areas which are given to the exclusive control of the state legislatures. And this includes important things like health, roads, other than national highways, law and order, and even education, which is a jointly shared responsibility between the federal government and the state government. So you can imagine that these are all very, very important uh, areas for economic and other types of development. And the states are in charge of those. I guess you can just count the number of women who are standing and succeeding in each election over time. But I think you wanted to find a causal relationship here. How did you do it? What we wanted to see is whether... A woman winning an election encourages other women to enter next time. So, of course, we could just compare places where a woman won the election this time to places where a woman did not win. But then those two places may not be really comparable in other ways. So perhaps the places where a woman wins the election is already more woman-friendly in other ways. Maybe they have more working women. Maybe they have more educated women compared to the places that women did not win. So if we just compare the two places, it may not be the effect of the woman winning that we're capturing, but it maybe the effect of all these underlying background factors. So we wanted to really identify the pure role model or demonstration effect, a net of all these potential underlying factors. And for that, what we did was we used a technique called regression discontinuity analysis. That's a technical term, but what it means is we compare places where a woman won narrowly against men, that is by a very small margin of votes, to places where a different woman, perhaps, lost narrowly against a man. So the idea being that background characteristics like women's education or how friendly the voters are towards women as a whole are actually similar across these two places. Mm. So the idea is that these places would be otherwise quite comparable, but one of them did get a woman representative and the other one didn't. (laughs) And so that's the kind of places we are comparing to identify the causal effect of just the woman winning. And looking across many elections, there's a lot of data in this, you found that when a woman is successful, there are more women on the ballot next time. How much of this is just the same candidate standing again and how much of it, as you say, is that effect that it brings in more women? So in our analysis, we found that the share of women candidates goes up next time and there is a higher probability of there being any women at all. But all of it... All of it is coming from the same woman who won standing for a second term. There are no term limits in India, so they can always stand for more terms. Now, 
this is a case of glass half full versus half empty, this is not a bad thing. I like to point out that getting the party tickets to run again is not a given in India. Oh. So in the Indian case, only 70% of male candidates are able to stand for re-election. And it's only about 65% for women. So it's lower for even the women who win. So the fact that the woman gets to run again is important. But of course, what we would have liked to find is that there is a new source of women candidates. That does not happen. In fact, overall, we find a slight decline in the share of new women candidates in the next election. In some areas, there is a, a larger decline in women standing in the next election. What's behind this backlash effect? We investigated further where does this decline happen. And interestingly, it happens in the states which we classify as more gender biased to begin with. Ah. And our measure of gender bias we use is a very crude one in India, which is just the population share of women. So India, as you may know, has an extremely skewed gender ratio. There are only about 940 women per thousand men in the population. And this is mostly attributable to sex-selective abortion and neglect of girl children, less attention paid to their health of both girls and women. So in one sense, when you look at states which have worse gender ratios, it's an indicator of how much less they value women. And that's what we were using. And this is, as you can see, a very crude indicator, but it seemed to predict how they would react to a woman winning. So pretty much the entire negative effect on the entry of new women is coming from the most gender-biased states. In the more gender-equal states in terms of population, we still do not see any entry of new women candidates, but we also don't see a decline. So it's, in a sense, the places where things were worse, a woman succeeding seems to make things even worse, at least in the short run. Given all this, Lakshmi, can we rule out the possibility that there isn't an increase in women standing because we've run out of women who really want to stand? You could understand why women would not want to stand for office. So that's the hard part to measure in data, how many women want to stand for office. We did look whether there are enough women who could potentially be qualified. And for this, we use the fact that India has a one-third gender quota at the local level, that is below the state elections. Mm -hmm. So at least once a gender quota is in place, you would have created a pool of candidates with some political experience who could potentially be drawn upon to run as state-level candidates. And we found that it didn't make a difference, really. We found a similar sort of negative effect both before and after this quota. I don't know whether it's just women who don't want to run, but all we can say is that increasing the pool of potential women with some experience doesn't seem to mitigate this negative reaction to a woman winning. India wants more female legislators because, as you say, in the district and village councils, there has been a quota system implemented. If relying on role models isn't going to work and we have this backlash effect as well, should Indian elections at the state level adopt the quota system as well? That's a great question, and it has been debated. There is a bill that was passed by the upper house of the Indian parliament, which would have mandated a one-third gender quota at both the state legislative assemblies and the national parliament. And that was passed by one house of parliament, but that has not been taken up for a vote by the lower house of parliament. And this was passed, I think, many years ago, probably around 2010. Mm -hmm. So there is demand, at least from some sections, who were pushing for this bill, but I think there are enough political parties or existing legislators who are not willing to take it up. In terms of the quota... 
it does help a little bit. One of the things which I'm working on is to just document the effects of the quota. And once you have the quota, you do find more women from the village level going on to state level elections. So you find the share of women candidates going up by about 2.2 percentage points after the quota is in place. As I said, it doesn't change the reaction to a woman winning, but at least there are more women candidates overall. And one third of that increases new candidates who have not been at the state level before. But I don't think we can fully rely on just the quotas. At the time we're having this interview now, we are waiting on the results of the Indian election. And so very soon we'll be at the start of an electoral cycle. And that's very often the time where we can get new policies put in place, new initiatives to encourage better representation for women. Are there other policies that could be up for debate that are feasible that we could put in place? I think the issue is that most countries who have tried to do something about this have relied on quotas. Mm -hmm. There's been very little implementation of non-quota related policies. There has been more work documenting what the barriers are to women's political candidacy. My co-author Anandi Mani and I did a large survey in India's largest state, Uttar Pradesh, a couple of years ago. And we asked a lot of men and women several questions about their participation in political life, broadly defined, not just in elections, but also in, say, signing petitions or meeting their local legislator or championing certain causes. And we tried to examine why women were not as politically engaged as men. We found certain indications. One is that women are much less informed about how the political system operates. So, for instance, even the one-third gender quota at the local village level, most women didn't understand how that operated. They were interpreting it as that there are certain seats reserved for women, which is true, but that women can only run in those seats. Uh. And they classified the other two-thirds as men's seats. And we spent some time trying to explain to them that those are not men's seats. <laughs> you can be a candidate in those seats too. But that's how the quota was being misinterpreted. So even an, an initiative which was supposed to encourage more women was not being understood correctly. The second big thing we found was that women are much less confident in their own abilities to be a leader. Mm -hmm. This is a very large gap in self-confidence. And interestingly, that the same thing has been documented in the United States as well, where women are actually equally or even more educated than men. So this is not just because it, in India, people are less educated. So there is a big self-confidence gap. As I said, we can highlight the gaps. It's much harder to know how to address these things. Do you think that we're going to have to wait for attitudes in society to change? Because that takes a lot longer than one election cycle, doesn't it? Correct. And I think there is a little bit of academic work saying that there might be some hope here. There is a paper by Beeman et al. And they used the quotas in India and they looked at the state of West Bengal, which had a particular version of the quota system by which some villages could get women leaders two times in a row. And what they found that if you first got a woman leader, it didn't really change views against women. Mm. But if once you had experienced a woman leader two times in a row, then people were much more likely to agree to statements like women can be as good leaders as men and there is no disadvantage in electing a woman leader and so on. So they were much more willing to believe in women's competence as leaders. But it took a while. So two terms in India means 10 years. Now, this result hasn't been replicated in other states because most of the women who come in to leadership positions via the quota do not get re-elected a second time when that area is no longer reserved for women. 
So uh-huh. it's hard to know whether this generalizes, but at least there is some hope. If they are exposed to women leaders long enough, views can change. India is the world's largest democracy, as we often hear, but it does have some unusual features in its political party, its social structures. So can we generalize your insights from this research to other democracies around the world who are also looking to get more representation for women? I think the basic results do generalize. So there is a parallel study on the United States, which is the world's second largest democracy. And they looked at the same question, which is whether women winning an election encourages more women's candidacy in the next election. And they, again, do not find any effect in the United States as well. So they don't do the analysis like we did in sort of more gender-biased versus less gender-biased areas. But I said the original result that new candidates are not particularly encouraged by seeing a woman winning, that at least generalizes to the world's second largest democracy. Mm. Other research from even advanced countries, for instance, like Spain, have found that the actions of party leaders can often undermine the intended effects of some policy measures. So when Spain put in place a 40% quota for women candidates, it was found that they were placed disproportionately in places where the party had very little hopes of winning. Uh. So a candidate quota may not translate into actual representation. So there are many things which have to change, I think, to increase women's representation. As you say, Lakshmi, it's glasses half full, glasses half empty. I'm sure we'll be talking about this more in the future. But thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. The paper we've been talking about is called Pathbreakers, Women's Electoral Success and Future Political Participation, and the authors are Sonia Balotra, Irma Klotz-Figueras and Lakshmi Ayer. It was published in the Economic Journal in 2018, that's uh, issue number 128. As we discussed at the beginning, there's also a lot of research into what happens when women have and use electoral power. And you can find links to the major research in the references at the end of this paper. This has been a VoxDev Talk. You can find more of our episodes at voxdev.org. And don't forget to subscribe to VoxDev Talks on your podcast platform.